Preston Perry. Hey, Jackie Hill Perry. How are you? How are you? Um, my face feels dry. I didn't put any like lotion on it. Well, not like regular, like not no Jergens. You don't put that on your face. But like my Clinique, it doesn't lotion. look. It doesn't look dry. It feels dry. It feels deserty. That's that. That's that natural melanin. Um, it feels like look. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil came and he was like, "You should turn these stones to bread." You're such a Bible teacher. You think so? You make everything a, a story about the Bible. I'm just saying. Imagine being 40 days in the wilderness. Your skin gonna be a hot mess. Even yeah. if you Jesus, you're gonna have some crispy skin. I always thought. When I think of John the Baptist, I just always like picture him really ashy. You just, think so? But he was he was eating honey and stuff, so he he probably low key had some like you know nutrients in the system that made his face glow. No, nah, he just seemed like a, a goonie in the woods eating wild locusts. But and... he had the Holy Spirit from birth. Like I'm pretty sure he was glowing. <laughs> uh, it's just it's it's a thing. Anyway, we we go we coming back with uh, our new little series we like to call Teach the Text is where one of us take a, a topic or a passage or a book of the Bible and we just teach it, you know. And so we have the the fantastical Preston Perry who's going to teach something today. Fantastical, fantastical. I don't know if that's a word. I think it is. What are you teaching us today? John nine. I think John nine is an amazing story about Jesus um, and. Um, a lot of things that we can learn from. So I think we should teach from John 9 today. Okay. So so John 9, that's such a random chapter. Like I can see if you said John 3, because we know verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave son and stuff like that. Uh, so w- what is it about? What's the point? Because people are probably driving in their cars and washing dishes and they cannot look up the verse right now. I think um, John 9 is a, is a very... Um, Important, important chapter to read in the Bible because it talks about the power of seeing. I think it, it I think it deals with a spiritual sight. Um, I think it, uh, but it also it uses this story about this man who was physically born blind, um, and Jesus essentially he heals a blind man from birth. That's oh, what the story is about. Okay. Um, but in this, him healing a a, a a man blind from birth, there's a lot of spiritual implications that we could take from the story that I think would be helpful for everybody. So teach us. So um, the first verse it says that as he passed by. He saw a man blind from birth and asked the disciples, uh, and the disciples, I'm sorry, and the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? Who they messy? Yeah. So I think I think it's really important for us to just first see that it, that the significance of Jesus noticing a man that was blind from birth. Hello. Um, Jesus walks past this man. And I think the reason why Jesus noticing that he was blind from birth is significant because I think we have to understand that Jesus didn't see this man how everybody else saw him. Mm, explain. Uh, because uh, around this time, you know, the idea was if you were born blind, um, that your parents sinned or that you sinned and God kind of cursed you. That's so, why the disciples asked, asked the them. question. That's, yeah, yeah. Who sinned this man was parents that he was born blind. Um, Jesus is not only coming to destroy this myth. Um, because that's not true, mm-hmm. right? Um, because what he says next lets us know um, why he was born blind. But I, I, first, I just want to deal with the fact that he saw him. Because I think that uh, we have to understand that this man was outside of the synagogue begging because he couldn't work. He couldn't, you know, provide for himself. So he went to one of the most spiritual places in town, hoping that somebody godly will help him every single day. That's a word. And Jesus walks past and he just doesn't see that this see um this man's spiritual needs but he sees this man's physical needs mm-hmm. and i think what it can 
do for us. It can challenge us when we see people with disability to see the whole person. Mm. Uh, Because a lot of times we see people with disability and we see people who are um, disabled or um, less fortunate than than us. And we don't we don't really see them. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't really stop. And I'm pretty sure this man was used to everybody just walking past him every single day. Yeah. But Jesus notices this man um, and he. Yeah, and and he wants to he wants to do something about it, and I think that's a just a pr- very practical challenge that we can take mm. that that Jesus sees him, he notices him, and a lot of times we don't see people with disability, yeah, like Jesus sees. So then, what happens? So what happens after this? Um, the 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 like the, like I said, the disciples asked Jesus, "Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?" And Jesus says, "Neither this man." Nor he sinned that he was born blind, but he was born blind so that the glory of God can be revealed through him. What's a little deep, though, is like it's a little tone deaf, I think, to pass by a blind person who's in need. And instead of actually responding to the need, you want to question you have like a theological question about why they're in need in the first place. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a really good observation. And I think it's very important for us to notice how Jesus responds to the disciples by not telling them the reason why he was born blind, but the purpose Mm. why he was born blind. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus is not concerned about one, the purpose of him being born blind, what they think the purpose is. Uh, oh, the reason, I'm sorry, the reason he wasn't born blind because of past sin. And I think that speaks to to us because a lot of times we could think that we're suffering because of our past sin. Mm. This man is not suffering because of his past sin, mm-hmm. nor is he suffering because of the past sins of others. Mm-hmm. But he was suffering right now because God had a purpose in his suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the I think the disciples asking this question, though this this is what their culture taught them, was just not to ask insensitive questions, right? To 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 be aware because though their question was probably um genuine and mm-hmm. didn't it didn't mean any harm, it was still very insensitive. Yeah. But Jesus responds and tells them the purpose of why this man is suffering, not the necessarily the reason mm-hmm. of why he is suffering. Um, and he says that he was born blind so that the glory of God may be revealed through him. Um, I have a question there. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people, even I might, you know, deal with that in myself at times, who feel like, is it fair for God to make my life hard and difficult just so he can get glory? Like... I can see how someone could think that that's a bit egotistical. Yeah, yeah. Not accusing God of having an ego because he doesn't, but I'm saying that there that's like a stumbling block to faith for some people, that yeah. God makes life hard for people just so he can be seen. Yeah, I think, uh, I think one, I think sometimes it can be very um, dismissive to say God can do what he wants, mm-hmm. right? Um, but in a lot of ways, that's right. I mean, mm-hmm. he can choose to get glory However, he sees fit. He definitely can. Um, but I think on the flip side, I think that we see that he didn't even do that with himself. Yeah. Right. I think that if we serve, I, I think it would be harder that if we serve the God who didn't choose to make his own life hard, mm. right? That's so good. that his son, um, so that he can receive glory, right? Mm-hmm. He sent 
um, his son, his only begotten son who knew no sin, mm -hmm. um, um, to become sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. So I think that when I when I think about things that we might see in the Bible that might seem unfair, I think about if I was born 2,000 years ago and I saw the death of Jesus, it's truly unfair. The fact that Jesus even came in the, in, in the first place uh, was a big deal. Like he didn't even have to come. Yeah. When we see the things like this in the Bible, I think that it's important for us to trust the character of God. That's good. Because, for example, this man was born blind, mm -hmm. right? And this man being born blind so that the glory of God may re be revealed in him, right? Somebody could say, well, Jesus choosing that this man be being born blind was just cruel. Why did he do that? But how about all the people who have heard this message and was blessed by it mm -hmm. and was brought out of sin or was encouraged by it. Mm -hmm. Like God had, God had, very good. God had plans through generations mm -hmm. through this man's blindness. Mm. Right. And I think that if we think like that, I think that if we, yeah, I think that if we think that, that God is not ultimately doing everything for the good of those who love him, mm. we will fight to see that he's good and everything that he does. So they pass by the dude. He's he's blind from birth. The disciples like, hey, who sinned this man and his parents? Jesus is like, ain't none of them sinning. He 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 was born like that because I'm trying to get glory out the man. Right. And so then Jesus, he gets some mud and he spits in it. It's, it's a little strange, but it takes us back to Gen yeah. Genesis 3 um, or Genesis 1 and 2. Um, spits in it, put it in the man's eyes, put it on him. It say that the man came back seeing. Okay, teach us, teacher. So after the third verse, when Jesus says that he was born blind so that the glory of God may be displayed in him, the first, the fourth verse says, we must work the works of the one who sent me. Night is coming when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is basically using an analogy that they will understand um, because at this time, of course, they didn't have electricity, right? So um, the most efficient time to work was during the day. Uh, and I think even now, the most efficient times to work during the day, of course, we have street lights and stuff like that outside where we can work a little little more. But the most efficient time is always um, during the day because you can see better. Right. So Jesus is saying he is the light of the world. He's using the the the, the actual light of the day uh, as a metaphor of himself. He's saying, while I'm in the world, I am actually the light of the world. So now it is time to do a work because if I leave, there will be no light. There, there will be no way for us to see clearly. So Jesus is using this metaphor that they can understand because the most efficient time um, doing uh, to work was during the day when it when it when it is light. Um, and then verse six says, having said th these things, he spit in the ground and made mud with his saliva and then anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Shalom. Now, this to me is just very, uh, it initially it just seemed very nasty. It's like, why did Jesus choose to, to spit in this man's eyes to heal him? <laughs> but at the same time, he's 100% man and he's 100% God, so his his spit was holy, um, mm -hmm. uh, but he was still a hundred percent man. But I, I think what what's dope here is that Jesus is displaying that not only is he going to work on the Sabbath, but he's going to heal a man on the Sabbath because when he spit in the mud, that's exactly what he did. Um, so for those who don't know, in Eastern culture, what you did was you did not work on the Sabbath. The sixth day is the day that you. The sixth day of the week is the day that you uh, worked, and then the seventh day. Uh, is when you rested. This was 
actually taking place on a Sabbath, a day where men were not supposed to work in this culture and where men was not supposed to heal people on in this culture. Um, Jesus did both because when he sped in the mud, he did something called kneading. And kneading is when um, back then they would make clay to make pots. So they would put water or sometimes the saliva in the mud to make clay. And that was considered working. Jesus did this by making mud and putting it in the man's eyes. And this was prohibited. Um, at his time, he was not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And he also healed. Now, he healed on the Sabbath, but this was not actually in God's law. So I think that he wanted to heal this man to address something that he did not say in his own law, because this is something that the Pharisees just made up, not healing people on the Sabbath. But at the same time, he wanted to he wanted to work on the Sabbath to, to display that these laws do not apply to me. While I'm in the world, I have to do a work. You guys can rest on the Sabbath. But right now, me, the son of God, I have to do a work and I'm going to heal this man on the Sabbath because, yeah, time is near when I'm going to leave soon. So I need to do a work so that God's glory can be revealed. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So after all that, um, in verse seven, it it describes how the man or how Jesus told the man, hey, go and wash in the pool and how to do went and washed and came back seeing. Um, When I hear Jesus say go automatically one thing, this is a command. This ain't no like suggestion. Like he's not saying go, he's saying go, like Mm -hmm. get your tail up, I guess, feel your way through the streets to get to that pool and do what you got to do. Like, is there, is there something that I guess we can learn here from just his healing being connected to or contingent upon his obedience? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think one of the things that we can see here is that our salvation isn't um, uh, based on our works, nor is our deliverance based on our works. But sometimes um, our deliverance comes after we obey. And I think a lot of times we we refuse to, to obey God when he says go and we wonder why we don't receive deliverance or mm. we don't receive healing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think Jesus wants us to trust in what he's saying until we can see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Because if we, if we look at it, we, it took a measure of faith for this man to actually go. Oh, absolutely. Right. The reason why is because one, he's blind. Yeah. He don't even see Jesus. He doesn't even see the he, pool. He, he hears the go. <laughs> right. Yeah. He just hears, he just, he just hears go. But I think it took a measure of faith for him to say, even though I can't see what what this man is doing right now mm-hmm. with this mud in my eyes, I'm going to trust. I'm, I'm 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 desperate enough to trust that he knows what he's doing. And the crazy thing is, in the text, you see that Jesus didn't tell him why he was going. He never says, "I'm going to heal you." Yeah. Neither does he ask him if he wants to be healed. Yeah. He just says, "Go and wash." Yeah. You know, and so maybe he assumed. I've heard enough about this dude. He's a prophet. He's healing people. Um, I don't think he had raised Lazarus from the dead yet here, but he he knows enough about him to know if he's telling me to do something, it's obviously going to be for my good. Yeah. Ooh, that's a word. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it speaks to the man's desperation because yeah. a lot of times we don't we don't obey God because we don't realize how desperate we are of God. Like I, I think that this man, he's been suffering his whole. Life. Just imagine not being able to see your mother, your father, the son, the trees, and to provide, to provide, yep. or whatever. So he's like, "I'm just gonna trust you. Yep. I don't have no 
no other option. I don't, I mean, why not trust you? I don't have anything to lose. And I think that we hold on to so much that, that we don't trust God. And I think this man is just a perfect example that, no, nah, if you trust God, even though, even, even if you can't see what he's saying at the end of you trusting God, it's, it's healing, it's deliverance, it's blessings. And by healing, what do you mean? Do you mean physical healing? Do you mean healing in terms of salvation, healing of the soul? All of it. Okay. I think I think God is God. I think he can do it all. I think um, that doesn't mean he will do it all mm-hmm. in every single circumstance. But I think God, if God wants to heal us physically, mm-hmm. he will. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he, but I ultimately think that he wants to to heal our souls. I think ultimately what he wants us to 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 do is to know him mm-hmm. and to pardon of our sins because it doesn't matter if he heals us physically here in this world and our souls still go to hell. Yeah. Um, so um, more than this man's physical um healing Jesus wanted this man to know him. Yeah. I think we'll see that later on in the story. Yeah, his physical healing was setting the stage for his spiritual healing. Yeah. Um, after he was healed, some people were confused. They like, hey, I see you. You used to be a blind beggar, and now you're looking at me in my eye. <laughs> right. I, I wrote about that in my book because um, I, I wrote about this this uh, narrative in the last chapter of the book and how, like, can you imagine knowing him and him looking at you not like like look like with his eyes directly on your eyes now. Like they're not even white no more. It's just like, oh, you see, you see, see me. Right. Why are your pupils different? What had happened? So like what do you what do you make of all of the I guess all of the disbelief, not only from just the random people that noticed him, but especially from the Pharisees. Yeah. Because they, they refuse to believe that he used to be blind if he could now see. Yeah, one, I think like I said before, one of the reasons why they couldn't they couldn't accept the fact that this man was healed of blindness is because they were so holding so tightly to tradition, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of times we can't see God because our tradition doesn't doesn't allow us to see that God might be moving and working despite of what the things that we believe mm-hmm. about God and believe about our culture. Mm-hmm. Because one, they they made up a rule, the Pharisees made up a rule that nobody could be healed on the Sabbath, yeah. which was not true, yeah. right? So because you guys made up this thing about God, when God actually comes and heals somebody on the Sabbath, you can't even see it. Yeah, you've created, I guess, uh, constructs that have actually limited you where you now can't believe Accurately, absolutely, yeah. and that speaks to so many people in our culture yeah. who ascribe to certain denominations. And I'm not saying that that denominations are wrong, but when we allow certain traditions in our denominations to become gospel mm-hmm. and not allow the Bible to speak for itself, when God actually moves in somebody's life outside of our culture, outside of the way we think things should be, mm-hmm. we won't recognize it as God. It's kind of, this is a, a, a silly example, but it's kind of like when uh, Christian hip hop came on the scene, oh. you had people who before that, they were demonizing hip hop, period. Yeah. Primarily secular hip hop. It was it was the demon, uh, the devil's music. That can't God, be God. God can't use it. So then when Christians- God who, don't use people to rhyme. <laughs> who came out of that culture, then began to rap about God. Um, with a sound that sounded secular, they couldn't even rejoice. Yeah. They couldn't even enjoy it. They couldn't even be blessed by the words that were actually usually much more gospel dense than the gospel music yeah. that they were listening to. And they couldn't even hear 
the gospel. Yeah. And I think that's that's the scary thing. That's I, true. I think tradition um, allows us to hold on to, to to culture, allow us to to know what to do. Because our pastor talked about this Sunday, like tradition is not wrong. Tradition helps us to to have a a ritual, yeah, a framework, a framework yeah. to 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 celebrate God. But when we when we take these traditions and and, and say that they're Bible, mm-hmm. um, it it prevents us from seeing God and hearing God uh, when He moves mm-hmm. uh, because. They literally couldn't, just like the hip-hop, uh, Christian hip-hop. When Christian hip-hop first popped up on the scene, most of the Christian hip-hops, their lyrics were saturated in gospel. But because it's coming in a package that you deem demonize is wrong, you can't even hit the gospel. And I think the same thing with them. It's like, just because you demonize people being healed on the Sabbath is a bad thing. Now, when Jesus heals on the Sabbath, you can't even see that mm-hmm. the blessing of this man's healing, which is which is crazy. Another thing that's, I think, applicable in this, this narrative, which I, I've discussed or wrote about in my book again, is how Jesus healed this man, right? Uh, he came back seeing. They went and asked his parents, hey, was he born blind? They're like, absolutely, he was. Like, they refused to believe the miracle. And I think as someone who uh, used to live a lesbian lifestyle or other people with testimonies, testimonies that might seem a bit on the dramatic um, and incomprehensible side, you meet a lot of people that doubt that you change, doubt mm-hmm. that you're different. Mm-hmm. Um, they, 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 they suspect you can't possibly have been who you used to be for you to be who you are now. And so they, they want to somehow change your narrative to fit their own. Mm. And I think what this says is the Pharisees and these people, they doubted the testimony of this man because they doubted the God of this man. Mm. It's hard to believe that, that, that the impossible can happen if you don't believe in the God of impossibility. She will. What she was she be she be 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 that was the worst fake tongue I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> and life. that's exactly what it was a fake tongue <laughs> no, I don't have that gift that might be real sometimes <laughs> um, but seriously like people around you are going to doubt the gravity and the weight of the way in which God has set you free when they doubt the God that set you free. Yeah. And so you can't even be mad at them. You can't even feel some type of way. It's you are blind in the same way that I once was. Yeah. That leads me to our next point. What is um, the next point? When Jesus talks to the Pharisees, he gives them this interesting, like, I don't, it's not parabolic, but it's a, it's a, I'll, I'll just read it. He says, In verse 39, for judgment, I came into the world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see your guilt remains. Please explain that to us. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to know what happened before this, because what happened before this is Jesus heard that this man was kicked out of the synagogue, right? So Jesus comes back and he heals this man again, but this time he heals him of a spiritual blindness. Mm-hmm. Jesus walks up to the man. Jesus says, um, do you know who the son of man is? And the man says, no, I don't know who the son of man is. Tell me so that I can believe in him. And Jesus says, for I'm the one you are speaking to. You have seen him. And then the Bible says the, the man falls down immediately and worships Jesus. Amen. So what happens was Jesus healed this man of physical blindness earlier, but the man still didn't have the power to see that the man who actually healed me was Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus had to do is Jesus had or to come God back. Or oh, God in the flesh. Right. Mm-hmm. So Jesus had to come back 
and heal him of a second blindness, but but this time of a spiritual blindness, which is very powerful. It shows us that God has to give us the power to see him for Mm -hmm. who he really is, Mm -hmm. right? That teaches us that. But to answer your questions about the Pharisees, the Pharisees witnessed this. Mm -hmm. The Pharisees um, refused to believe in his physical healing and they witnessed his spiritual transformation mm-hmm. right right in front of their eyes and they still didn't believe uh so jesus basically says for judgment i've come into the world for those who do not see may see and those who do see may become blind this man who was blind couldn't see jesus and jesus is saying i came into the world for people who like him for people who do not see me for them to actually see me for for me to actually open their eyes and allow them to see me for who I am. But those who claim that they see, right, um, like the Pharisees, they claim that they see God, but they really don't see God. And because they claim that they see God, Jesus is basically saying, you will remain blind. You will remain in darkness because you're not like this man who genuinely doesn't see and who wants to see, right? Um, you you actually see the works of of the Son of God, um, and you claim you see, and because you claim you see when you really don't see, you you will remain in darkness. So you're blind and you're blind and you claim that you see. This sounds Muslim. You're blind and you're blind and claim to see and you can't see because you're blind and you won't see because you can't see. And then you walk down the street and you don't see nothing. And yeah, blind. I hope that makes sense because I, I think I think one of the things that we can learn from the Pharisees is um, they allowed the things that they read about God to make them think that they know God. Okay, so to make them to make them think that they see God. Let's put flesh and bone to this. So, how would you describe the kind of person now that is not a Pharisee, you know, they watch HGTV, Food Network, they go to church every Sunday, but they fit this description. How would they know that this is them? How do they know that they're blind but believing that they can see? I think one of the things that distinguishes the Pharisees from this man is that this man, because he was healed of physical blindness and then Jesus comes back and heal him, heal him of a spiritual blindness, we see that his worship was 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 an intimate worship. Like he he God revealed himself to this man in a very intimate way where this man had no choice but to respond in worship. I think I think one way we can look like Pharisees today is if we just read and know a whole bunch of knowledge about God, but it never compels us to worship like like in spirit and in truth and to know God intimately, um, you're probably still blind, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the difference between this man um, and the and the Pharisees, this man, when God revealed Himself to this man, this man was 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 grateful to the point where he fell down in worship. Like the Pharisees were sitting back and they were just judging everything that 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 was happening off of things that they read because they didn't they didn't have an intimate relationship with God. They didn't have an intimate uh, an encounter with God. Mm-hmm. So they will they, they they can only judge. Um, based off what they study, mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's what, what what we can do now, even in in our culture, we can study, 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 and we can think that everything that we have learned about God gives us this relationship with God yeah. when it doesn't. I think uh, one thing that this passage teaches us is that salvation is 
experiential. It's an experience. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an encounter, mm-hmm. not just something that 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 our that our laws and our traditions and yeah. our religion has 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 taught us. But it is actually encountered. So this man encountered God, and after he encountered God, God is going to inform this man probably about all, all his ways or whatever. But first, the encounter, the intimate encounter, had that to happen first. It also seems that Jesus is highlighting uh, heart awareness, you know, Um, like how he says, I I came into the world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. But the problem is, is that the Pharisees were fundamentally blind. All of us are born into the world blind. So even if you don't feel like you're blind, you know, I'm happy. I got joy. I'm not, I'm not proud. I'm not uh, this, I'm not arrogant. Like if you have these, I guess, grandiose views of yourselves where you think that you're godly, humility says, or heart awareness says, because I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, therefore everything that I do needs Jesus. Right. And that was the Pharisees problem, which is to your point is that they did not think that they needed Jesus. Therefore they thought that they had sight already. Yeah. And so I think what Jesus is saying, no, I came into this world for people that recognize that they need me. Yeah. And so I think to put flesh and bone on that is to say, if you are a person that thinks that you are ready to get into heaven without the Lord, you're blind. If you think that you're a person that is that you are satisfied, your soul is okay, your, your relationships are leaving you sufficient, your job is great. You're, like if you think that these kinds of things are satisfactory, therefore you don't need Jesus, you are blind. Right. Um, I think the blind man recognized that, yeah, I needed him for my physical healing and I needed him for my soul healing. And yeah. those are the kinds of people that Jesus can save. Amen. He can save anybody, but you know. It, our hearts got to be in a in a in a certain posture, which is also a work of the spirit. But anyway, you taught us. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Yeah, it's a it's a deep text. Um, it's a lot to it's, it. It's a it's a text that I enjoy. Um, hopefully, uh, everything we said made sense. If you guys have any questions, um, leave leave some of the questions on the reviews. We would love to hear them. We would love to answer them. Go to our page um, with the Perrys on Instagram and leave some questions in our DMs. You can even leave it on our page. We would love to answer them. We would love to hear those questions, um, to wrestle through those questions. So, yeah. All right, Saints. All right, peace.